Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Friday, 25th of June, was the deadline set whereby, under the terms of the $2.3 trillion COVID relief bill, a whole host of government, security and intelligence and military agencies were required to declassify and make publicly available all the information they have on UFOs. That day has come. Could this be the day when all is finally revealed? Join us for our first live stream session of Aliens Explored as we delve into the contents of the report. And we are live here on this first ever Aliens Explored live streaming special. I'm excited. Are you excited, Neil? I'm, I'm very excited. Very excited. Try something <laughs> new. That's the... Uh... Don't <laughs> people say that's what you should do? <laughs> uh do something that scares you every day they say um that's uh, yeah. yeah this is well this is this is fantastic and already we've got people active in the chat uh so very very big welcome uh to ty uh great to see you here paranormal ben uh we're going to be mentioning hey. ben in just a moment in fact we're so glad to see you here uh, and paul has been active in the chat as well uh paul in in fact gets it quite involved in some of my uh, <laughs> other streams that i do uh, so it's really great to see you here for this one as well paul and everyone else watching either now or in the future thank you so much for joining us in this very very special, very exciting. It dropped yesterday. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon reports to Congress. Yes. Uh, now, first thing we ought to do is give a bit of an apology, because we, we did say we were going to do this yesterday, didn't we, Neil? Yeah, we, we kind of slipped up a bit. I mean, we, we hadn't taken into account the, the time difference that actually, by the time we... By the time we we did our did our show over here in Britain on on British summertime. It would still be quite early in the morning in in the in the Midwest, and probably still before dawn in in the in the far west. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we thought yeah. That's, you know, but although, although I know that was the final deadline, it, 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 no one said it was going to be the day when they did it. But you know, uh, yeah, we thought we should at least give them up until the mark. Of the, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll wait till. We'll have to put it back a day, and, and uh, thank you for everyone for bearing with us. Yes, yes, it was a Stick bit around. of a last-minute decision, and really well-timed because, as it was, if we had have gone ahead as we'd planned, um, the report would have dropped while we were halfway through the stream anyway. Mm. So, yeah, the, it, it's much better timed like this. So, yes, as Neil says, thank you, everyone, for your your forbearance uh with this um so first thing first thing we wanted to mention and actually 
Ben has mentioned this in the chat already about the song, about the theme song, because this is like the first time we've played it properly, isn't it, Neil? Yeah, yeah, it's just been clipped before. It has. Um, so it is by a very, very good friend of ours, uh, Darren Mafucci, uh, who we do another podcast with, don't we, Neil? We do. We do. Very, very talented uh, musician and composer and uh, a great uh, role play gamer. He is indeed. Uh, so if you, if, if you have an interest in role playing games and want to hear Darren himself, uh, then you can uh, go over to Tales from the Twenty Side dot com and uh, here is chucking some dice and throwing shade at each other i mean especially absolutely and his character mainly punches things and people which uh, probably isn't the best thing for a musician to be doing someone who might rely uh, on his hand for, 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 for a fine art of creative music <laughs> most of the musicians i've known are a bit, <laughs> bit punchy anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe it's just the people i hang out with I don't know. yeah do you hang out with drummers <laughs> i mean they, they can no, kind of get away no. with no, musicians. <laughs> <laughs> That's the old joke, isn't it? What you call someone who hangs around a load of musicians? The mm. drummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no offence to drummers out there. Oh, and thank you, Ty. Um, That's very kind. Ty does say, Tales from the Twenty Side is an awesome podcast. We think so. We do. We do think so. Um, but the music that, that you heard, so our theme song, uh, is a track called Searching for Monsters that uh, Darren has created. It's part of his album Lockdown, uh, and you can find it by going to searchingformonsters.bandcamp.com. And uh, I'm sure Darren will be very, very pleased to hear from you. Uh, any thoughts you've got on that? Um, so there we go. Uh, so uh, Paul has said, oh, uh, someone did. Did you used to be an RP actor for the MOD? Um, yes, I did until a couple of years ago. Do do we know mm. each other from that? <laughs> yeah, for about for about um, seven or eight years. Yeah, I, I did that mm. job. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So, um, I'm wondering. <laughs> You're now wondering <laughs> who Paul is, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, so I can think, of a, so? think of a couple of kind of polls, yeah. I've tried to disguise myself. This is my, my lockdown look, my lockdown beard, but uh, obviously it didn't fall Paul. It's your mirror universe, evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the next thing we wanted to mention, um, I'm so, so pleased that... Uh, uh, oh, um, an RP actor is a role-play actor. Uh, Ty, it is absolutely yes, role play. Um, so, uh, well, Neil, tell tell everyone what you used to do as a role play actor for. Well, the stuff you can talk about at least. The stuff I can talk about, I'll say in in the blandest terms that um, for for training purposes, um, there there are certain situations that that uh, that soldiers in certain roles have to learn how to do, and I suppose it's like a it's the same with police officers. It's best if a police officer, when they when they interview their first witness or suspect, um, that they're not doing it for real. They're they're, they're actually practicing on someone, and it's the same with the military. Um, that they they get to practice certain scenarios, and um, um, a, a Paul who I worked for had been able to persuade, been able to persuade the MOD that 
actors could do this a lot better than just what they previously used to do was just find some squaddy kicking around the base who's just waiting for an assignment somewhere and uh, say, right, you come in here, here's a script, go in there and, and try and be convincing. Um, they found it was actually uh, uh, it was actually better to get proper actors. Uh, he was very good at it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Paul definitely knows you then. Paul definitely <laughs> Although he says you're good at it. I'm sure he does. Are you sure he's not got me mixed up with someone else? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Excellent. Oh, and uh, and Ty's brother did Northern Ireland training with actors simulating riots. Um, I've actually done a little bit of that myself with uh, the MOD, uh, sort of more more group exercises. Mm. I I mean, they they quite quite often use squaddies for that because they can get away with beating them up. Yeah, when they're practicing yeah. snatch squads and things, which uh, you you probably can't do so much with a, with a, a delicate actor who's going to go and complain to equity if you rough him up too much. So this was more it was more a kind of verbal interchange. We we called it management training. Yeah, in in inverted commas. Fantastic. Um, so moving on to uh, so first thing. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm not even gonna segue. I'm just gonna boom, change subjects, uh, which is not very professional. But there we go. Um, it's really good to see Ben here because uh, I have a bit of a correction uh, to make. So a, a few episodes ago, uh, we mentioned Ben, uh, and I mentioned about him being a professional paranormal investigator. Now, I, now I stand by my statement because when I was saying a professional, I meant professional in the techniques he uses, uh, in in his style, in his um, diligence, should we mm. say. Um, but Ben did, did message us uh, and say that as a, as a correction, he does have a day job, uh, mm. doesn't do the paranormal investigation for financial. So so not a professional on that level, but, but I, I still stand by professional. But, I, but I think uh, as ben actors we can qualify that. Yeah, as as actors, we can understand the concept of being professional and not getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we understand the concept of people trying to get away with not paying. Yeah, mm. yes, <laughs> payment in kind sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, but uh, Ben has been so so kindly uh, sent us some some gifts. So. Um, Obviously, Ben runs Central Utah Paranormal uh, and sent us some lovely uh, fridge magnets and and stickers, which I've still got yours, Neil, because um, we haven't seen each other yet because it's still lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it, here in the UK? It, it, Just it is, pretty much. Uh, you've had your second injection now, haven't you, Neil? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, I had my first one in February, second one in the beginning of May, I think. Right. I've just had my second one April. brought forward. Uh, it's going to be um, Monday now. Monday afternoon nice. I get my second one. So excited. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you would have yours uh, before me because you are a lot, lot older than me, aren't you? Yeah, I got bumped up the priorities, yeah. Retired. Because of my advanced years, yeah. I was vu- <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vulnerable adult. Yeah. yeah, you just don't look older than me, that's the the difference i've looked uh, after myself i moisturize 
no amount of moisturizer <laughs> in the world's going to help me, I don't think. Um, there we go. Um, now, the next thing we wanted to talk about today, uh, before we get into our, I mean, obviously it, it's a big, big event, this, uh, our first ever live stream. But before we get into the report, wanted to give you all uh, an amazing opportunity for a competition and to win hey. actual prizes. Now, it comes down to our artwork for the show. There it is in all so, so its So, model it a bit. Uh, well, oh, yeah, yes, it's on our T-shirts as well, but uh, but it's there on screen. Now, this artwork, we, we've, we've been using it for a little while now. Uh, it was created for us by Simonstrous Art. And hello, Ed. Welcome to the party. Uh, lovely to see you. Um, so, yes, th this this artwork was uh, was done for us by Simonstrous Art, and you can find more of his work on his Patreon, uh, which I've, I've put a, a link down below, uh, and also on his Twitter feed and, and Facebook. All those are, are down below, so you can find um, find Sai's work. Uh, but, yeah, he, he did this for us, and we, we absolutely love it, don't we, Neil? We really do. I mean, he gave us more hair than mm. we've actually got, so, you know. That's, it was very flattering. That's, yeah, that's based, based, on, based on pre-lockdown me, uh, without <laughs> yeah. the beard. <laughs> without the beard. And, uh, yeah, me without having recently filmed where I had a beard. Because <laughs> I had to take it off for a recent shoot. But, uh, oh, there we go. Right. But a key part of the, and, and just, I, I absolutely love the artwork, but a key part of it is this amazing, amazing chap in between us, this grey alien, looking quite grumpy. So here is your competition, everyone. The grey alien... Um, we don't quite know why he's looking grumpy. Maybe it's because we've ignored him. <laughs> you think he's looking grumpy? I think he's looking a bit... Um... I don't know, a bit, a bit sort of confused as someone's asked, asked him an awkward question and he's thinking, how can I put this? Yeah, could well, well That's be. my take on it, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I yeah. can definitely, definitely see that. And hello to but, the Jaunty Goblin as well. Isn't the art hey. absolutely amazing? We're just saying it's, it's by Simon Monstrous Art. And here is your competition to everyone watching and everyone listening in the future. This grey chap in between us uh, needs a name. We have never given him a name, have we, Neil? We haven't, no. <laughs> it didn't, didn't occur. That's a big <laughs> <laughs> So there he is. That, that, that's more... my first thought. If, if I see an extraterrestrial, I'm not thinking, oh, I wonder what his name is. <laughs> well, grey aliens have been given names uh, in the past. Um, Paul being one of them, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, for the movie. Paul, of course. Uh, then you've got uh, um, Skinny Bob is uh, the subject of a quite a famous video from Russia. Mm. You've had, um, was it Grandpa Grey from the Stan Romanek video? So, so it is quite common for Greys to have names. So what we mm. want you all to do, is you'll see there's an email address below aliensexplored at gmail.com uh, you have until the 25th of July and what we want you all to do is email us 
with what you think this alien should be called. Now, Neil and I both allegedly have a sense of humour, don't we? Apparently, yes. Apparently. I, I've, I've been learning humour from a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so, funny names are probably going to be quite good, uh, but come the 25th of July, when the competition closes, well, come the 26th, uh, we will be picking our favourite, and whoever's name we pick is going to win a T-shirt, just like ours. Yay. Isn't that fantastic? I think uh, it is. Yeah. Do you know what? There are only four T-shirts like this in existence in the world. Now, obviously, I have one. You've got one, mm -hmm. haven't you, Neil? I have. Um, and the other two are currently winging their way across the pond to, uh, to a couple of special friends in America. They know who they are. Uh, so, you can be the fifth person. Well, this is it. We need, we need a fifth person to have a T-shirt. So, give us your best, best name. I'm, I'm gesturing the wrong way for that alien <laughs> on that side. Um, and, yeah, what you think his name is. Like I say, send it into aliensexplored at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll uh, judge and according... We'll, we'll judge according to the usual criteria. Will we just depend on how we feel at the time? Yes, uh, whatever our favourite is. <laughs> totally arbitrary. <laughs> it is. It is a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, we, we want to hear your uh, your your best ideas um, and whatever tickles our fancy. Really. Um, now, if it happens that more than one person submits the same name and that name wins, it'll be whoever submitted it first. So get your ideas in quick. That's my advice. Um, so there we go. That's our competition. We'll be reminding you of the competition later on in this live stream for anybody who joins us a little bit later on. Uh, so shall we start talking about this here report then, Neil? This thing we've come to talk about. This this, this thing we've come to talk about. Now, I've, I've already started highlighting bits and uh, making lots and lots of notes. You can probably see around the margins. Uh, I've been going through this with a fine-tooth comb. How about yourself? Um, well, I've, I've, <laughs> I've focused on the executive summary, but no, I, I have read the whole thing. Um, I was surprised mm -hmm. it was um, fairly short. It's only, what, nine pages or something? It's nine, nine pages. Nine pages. That includes the cover page. Including the cover page. Um, apparently, isn't there, it, it's marked unclassified, but I gather that there is a classified annex that we will never be allowed to see. Yes, that's, um, that's very true. There's, they've basically produced two reports, one for the public and one with the actual real information in it. Um, mm. Which kind of makes it the unclassified one a bit pointless, really, doesn't it? I'm I'm not so sure. Um, I, I'm I'm perfectly prepared to believe that the classified annex um, contains details of military capabilities that uh, they, they they want to keep classified that, that cannot be released. It it's, I don't think it's going to say. Well, actually, we've got this hangar out in Area Fifty One where we've got all these crashed spacecraft or spacecraft we've shot down and all these dead or captured ETs. 
I, I don't think it says that. I, you know, I know we'll never see it, so I can stick it, can stick my neck out here. But I, I bet it would, doesn't say that in the in the classified bit. I bet it's just military information that we're not supposed to know. Um, much of what's in the preliminary assessment is what was anticipated. Um, I think the main thing it says is that of all these things we've spotted in the sky, it wasn't us, Gov. It's not us testing some kind of new technology. This is all stuff that we just don't know. Well, yeah. Now, just to, to come back to one point you're making there about us never seeing it, isn't there a statute of limitations or something like a 50-year period where it has to be released after that? Um. I thought I, I thought I think there is on in most America things, yeah. all documents have to become declassified after a period of time. Might be thirty years. I'm not sure. Because that's how we know I about mean, Project Blue Book. I mean, if if all it contains is military capabilities, then yes, in thirty years' time, that's going to be fairly moot, isn't it? Hmm. No, no one's going to learn anything about the capabilities of the, of the U.S. Air Force or the U.S. Navy by reading a thirty-year-old document. What do you say that? I mean, you look at the stealth um, fighter projects. Hmm. Um, they, I mean, they were kept under wraps for a long time, weren't they? Um, well over yeah. 30 years. Oh, uh, yeah, I imagine there are still some parts of it that are still classified. Um, hmm. Uh, and the Jaunty Goblin has, has commented, yeah, when you look at the equivalent UK report from 10 to 15 years ago, likewise has a redacted section, mostly here's how the Russians, Chinese, etc., might be manipulating what, what the phenomena, the phenomenon is. So, well, yes, I, 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 you've got an alien behind you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he he likes to get involved in this kind of thing. He's, uh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I think you ought to introduce him to the uh, uh, to, to the viewers. Uh, hey, Scaramanga, <laughs> you coming over to say hello? Here he is. Great name. There he is. There's uh, there's Scaramanga. Scaramanga. I get to see Scaramanga quite a lot because he does get involved. In he does get involved. I, I think um, <laughs> he he likes to go out this window. It's, it's a favourite window <laughs> sort of system. However, there is a kid who lives next door but one who every day she will go out and she will start playing something and then the next thing you hear is her crying. And this happens uh, This happens on a regular basis. So I, I shut the window when she was crying. Let me just let me just open it for him. Uh, on the okay, no worries. Just a little bit. No worries. And uh, yet I, it is an awesome name for a cat, um, Neil and I both there we James go. Bond fans, aren't we? So we're just both uh, James yeah, Bond I mean, fans. We, we, at the time we got him, um, we, we got him thinking this is going to be a working cat because we were overrun with mice. Um, it was before we had our kitchen redone. You go in the kitchen, you turn on the light, and it'd be like a stampede. There'd be mice scattering everywhere. There were droppings everywhere. And thought, well, we'll get a cat. We, we tried all kinds of things. We put down traps. We used the sonic things that you plug into the the mains. I thought, well, if we get a cat, um, we don't want to kill these mice. We, we just want the presence of a cat to deter them, to make them feel unwelcome <laughs> and to not come into the kitchen. Um, and we named him Scaramanga, hoping that it will be an ironic name, that uh, we were naming him after a, a professional assassin in the, the Man with the Golden Gun. 
Um, actually, I haven't checked how many nipples he's got. However, um, it turned out it wasn't ironic, and he is actually a ruthlessly efficient killer of, of mice and birds. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, he was. He's 11 years old now, um, but in his younger years, he was quite deadly. Well, I think it's safe to say he probably not only has a third nipple, but a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth one as well. Um, as cats I, I tend suppose to have. male cats like... I suppose yeah, like male yeah. humans have redundant yeah. nipples, do we? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I guess. Anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll have we've, a feel. Di- we've digressed. We have. We always do, be, don't we? It wouldn't be <laughs> aliens explode if we didn't digress a bit. Yeah, um, yes, he's doing well for, for 11. Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely is. He's a lovely, lovely cat. Um, hmm. So, yeah, so we were talking about this, this report in, in, as a generalisation then. Um, mm. And uh, yes, you're right. It, it doesn't give us any information that we kind of didn't expect. Um, I think you, you, you said quite rightly. You know, it's like, well, it's it's not us, um, mm. which is what we would have expected. But but more than that, it's it is quite telling in that you know it says okay, some of these things can be ruled out by sensor glitches. Some of these things can be ruled out um, mm. as you know, misidentified or, um, you know, natural phenomena uh, or misidentified normal mm. aircraft. Um, but it does also say in this report that there is another miscellaneous group. And that's quite tough because if it's not, if it's not a natural phenomenon, if it's not a man-made craft from the USA or from a foreign country, mm. well, that only leaves kind of one option to my mind. Well, if it's neither of, of those things. two things, yeah, um, many um, American politicians and military people, um, including um, Senator Marco Rubio, um, have said that they're, they're far more concerned that these these vehicles, which seem to be able to violate American airspace with impunity. Um, they're, they're more concerned that they might belong to a terrestrial rival like Russia or China, who has developed this breakthrough technology that they can't meet. They've basically rendered the U.S. Air Force and uh, actually the Defense of America redundant because they're they're so far ahead in technology. Um, as we saw in in the first Gulf War, when America and uh, led the uh, the liberation of Kuwait from Iraqi forces, we can see what happens when you have a set-piece battle between two sides and one of them has got slightly more advanced technology, who's one generation ahead, you know, it was a massacre. So, yeah, they, they, they're very concerned about that. There's also, um, yeah, I think it's, we need to emphasise that the US military refer to them as, not as yet unidentified flying objects, but uh, unidentified aerial phenomena, which... I mean, for instance, the Northern Lights, the Aurora Borealis, that is a phenomenon. It's not an object. It's not something flying, but it is yeah. something you see in the sky that could have... Um, well, yes, um, that's right. And a comet, you know, which is falling, it's not flying. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I think it, UAP is a more accurate term. Mm. Definitely. It, um, it's, it's, it's more accurate because it's vaguer, ironically, it covers anything in the sky, whether it's well, a, a flying object, a falling object, or a trick of the light. Well, yes, absolutely. Uh, which, you know, UFO doesn't include. 
Um, yeah, Paul has made an interesting statement that uh, uh, Paul has said he can state quite categorically there are no alien bases in the UK, otherwise he's not very good at his job. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. But <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we have talked about aliens beneath the sea. So, uh, do we have any in our territorial have, waters, or are we talking we the, the really uh, the middle of the Pacific? Or well, the yes, we, Trench. We, we've talked about those. We've talked about uh, the sort of hollow earth theory about you know maybe there's underground bases. Hmm. Talked about the underground bases, of course, uh, with. Oh, it was only a couple of episodes ago. Um, the chap who went down uh, and had a firefight in an underground base with aliens, allegedly. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yes, we, we, uh, we talked about the, the, the one in Rendlesham. Well, it's not an alien base. It's, a, it, it's an MOD base where there was yeah. a UFO encounter or UAP yeah. encounter, I suppose. Uh, yes, which was, what was that, 20 years ago? Yes, something, something like that. We talked about that a few episodes ago yeah. in some detail. Um, Ty has asked but, an interesting question. Uh, is there much of a UFO culture in Russia and China? Um, I don't know, in all honesty. Uh, given the nature of both those countries, it'd be hard to tell. Well, I mean, one th a, a hobby that is popular in Britain that is really not understood in other countries is plane spotting that um, you know, people have been arrested in countries like Greece because they've been noting aircraft serial numbers and things. And the, the Greek authorities, when they arrested people, find it very hard to believe that you're just doing this as a hobby. This is, this is information that would be useful to an intelligence agency. I imagine it would go down even worse for you in somewhere like Russia or China or Iran or Saudi Arabia mm. if, you were, if you were taking too much of an interest in what happened to be flying in the sky. But um, I suppose yes. being out at night looking for lights in the sky, that's that's not quite, it's not the same as, as nestling down by an airfield with a pair of binoculars and a notepad, is it? It's... Yes, this is, this is true. Uh, and you're absolutely right, Paul. Experimental planes do exist. Uh, in fact, we, we had a, 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 an amazing interview uh, with uh, one of our listeners, Barry, mm. Uh, who we referred to him as, who uh, who gave us some real educational notes on experimental planes. Worth going back and listening to that particular episode. We, we did also about, talk about uh, something called the Robertson Panel, which is a panel, this is information released after 50 years, that was set up that they would, in, in order to cover up the, the testing of experimental aircraft, they would release stories about UFOs. Um, this, the, the American government released stories about UFOs. And then when people started so talking about how they'd seen something strange in the sky, they would be, uh, they'd be um, given psychiatric care. So uh, you're, you're, you're or just dismissed as a tinfoil hat wearing, um, wearing conspiracies. Do you, do you, did you read about the, um, the conspiracy theory about tinfoil hats? A conspiracy theory about tinfoil hats in particular. I think, it, I think yeah, there was always a story that, that people wear these tinfoil hats to stop the, the government using mind control on them with, with various mm. radio frequencies. Yeah, you don't want to let them in, so you wear your tinfoil hat. And so someone, at, I think it was Stanford University, did an experiment to see if a tinfoil hat um, was was would actually work. And what they found was that certain frequencies are blocked by a tinfoil hat. 
but other frequencies, and coincidentally, they're frequencies used by the military and intelligence services, are amplified if you wear a tinfoil <laughs> hat. So I think, I think tinfoil hats have gone out of fashion a bit. Yeah, well, say. I mean, it's conductive material, isn't it? So Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. It will reflect certain frequencies but amplify others. So yeah. Anyway, we're getting a bit off the topic, um, <laughs> we <are a> as, <laughs> as, we, as we are want to do, as is our, our bent. Um, my big question was about this report was why? You know, the US government is, wants to um, give the economy a boost. They're gonna, mm -hmm. It's the biggest, biggest state, state um, intervention in the economy since, since Roosevelt's New Deal in the 1930s, which started to bring America out of the Great Depression. Um, why was there this requirement in there to release information about UFOs? What have UFOs or UAPs got to do with economic recovery? And uh, I have a couple of, I have two possible theories. Um, one of them is that, uh, that someone just thought, this is my chance. This, this, this COVID recovery bill is five and a half thousand pages. I can slip something in and I bet they won't read it and they'll sign it off and then, and then I'll show them what they've done and they'll have to release this information. I thought that was a possible one. You know, Donald Trump, notoriously short attention span, um, you know, relies on other people. <laughs> well, five and a half thousand pages. You know, if if I, I went on holiday for two weeks and spent all my time, all day, every day, reading books by the pool, I wouldn't read five and a half thousand pages. So this thing was rushed through my... But what I think is more likely, um, I'm thinking that this bill was put through at the the end of, of Donald Trump's presidency. And for our American listeners, um, end in England means cigarette butt. It means the dying days of his presidency. It was, was it 27th of December, 2020? The election had already been lost or stolen, if you prefer. Um, he put this bill through $2.3 trillion. And, and of course, all credit to his administration for doing that. But Actually, most of the credit is going to go to the incoming Biden administration who are going to implement it. And suddenly lots of people who previously might have voted for Donald Trump are going to get a big handout or a big, big, big help, big assistance, all, all sorts of assistance from a, a party, from a, a government of the Democratic Party, which might change the way they vote. So I, I do wonder if someone from the Trump administration just thought, let's put this thing in as a stumbling block. Yeah, let's let's put this this clause in that requires our most secretive of secret agencies to release their most secret information by a certain deadline, and it will cause all sorts of ructions, um, which will either stop the bill in its tracks or delay it until such time as Donald Trump can regain the presidency. That's my theory, anyway. <laughs> that's a, that that's an interesting. Th so so to address your first. Theory first. Hello, Captain Quinn. Oh, yeah. uh, absolutely yeah. aliens. It's always hey, aliens. Captain Quinn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. To 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 address your first theory, um, I, I, I'm going to call shenanigans on that one because it wouldn't be one person reading this document. You know, you're going to have a team mm. of thirty, yeah. fifty, a hundred people, however many is needed. It's a, so a five and a half thousand page document. Yeah, hmm. it, it, it can easily be achieved, um, and you you know just you throw people at it. 
Hmm. So sneaking something in, I don't think is going to happen. And the fact that hmm. it was picked up so quickly by hmm. the media as well, you know, instantly they're like, "Oh, look what's in these five and a half thousand, You know, shows that yeah. you know these things get picked up really easily. So um, I'm going to sort. Of, so um, if that was what they were attempting, it was it, was a, it, it failed. I'm going to spectacularly and immediately. Yeah, I'm going to piss all over that theory straight away. Mm. Um, Now, your second one is quite interesting, but and and I think there's, I agree up to a point. I think it was deliberate. But do you remember our discussion about Hayameshed? Yeah, Uh, and he he said uh, so. This was an an episode we talked about him in particular. Um, He was the. Oh, Israeli minister for he was a, minister he was, um, defence. He was an Israeli general who became head of the Israeli rocket program. Yes. Um, now he he has come forward and said that oh, all this is absolutely true that the the uh, governments of the world are in contact with these aliens and um, the, the Galactic Federation. He the said, Galactic Federation, and he said in particular that Donald Trump wanted to announce this publicly to the world, but he was mm. stopped. Mm. So, this would seem like an opportunity to kind of go, ha, ha, you wanted to stop me. Well, I'm going to do it anyway, and you can't, you can't stop me from making it public because that would mean stopping this aid for the COVID. Mm. So I, yeah, I can definitely see that as a theory. Uh, it was alleged, yes, Captain Quinn stopped by the Galactic Federation. This is what I am Eshad has claimed. And it's worth going back and listening to our I am Eshad. It's worth going back and listening to all our episodes, of course. But the <laughs> I am Eshad one in particular is quite a, a fascinating, because he's a really credible person who has come out with some, even I would say, outlandish um, claims. Hmm. Um but yes, it really interesting. And uh, thank you for your comments about my uh, my, my glass there, Ty. I, I do like a, a handled beer glass. I mean, it's only squash that's in here, but yeah, because it's hot. <laughs> Stu feels he has to point out, yeah, he's, not, <laughs> he's not, not necking beer while while, while, while well, working. I once I once did drink alcohol on a live stream. <laughs> it it mm. ended up really really embarrassing. Uh, I felt I needed to apologise to a lot of people after that, so I don't do that anymore. Um, So, I reckon, before we get into the nitty-gritty detail of this report, uh, shall we give everyone a quick reminder about our competition? Uh, For all those people who have... Some people have joined us since. Yeah, so, uh, as a reminder, we have our, our Aliens Explored artwork which you can see there from the, the amazing Sign Monstrous art, uh, and his details are below. Uh, if, if you want to see more of his work, if you want to commission him for any work as well, I'm sure he'd be very, very pleased to see you, Simon Brumat. Uh, lovely, lovely chap. Um, but we were saying earlier that uh, the grey alien in between us, uh, this chap here, you can see him a lot better there, um, he does not have a name. 
we've never given him one. So we are running a competition until the 25th of July this year uh, to give him a name. All you have to do is email us at aliensexplored at gmail.com. Uh, give us your ideas for a name for this uh, yeah, he is a grey alien, um, but give us a, a name, um, and uh, we will pick whichever one we think is the, the best, you know, it might be the funniest or the most touching or um, whatever, just um, blow us away with your ideas, and the winner will receive a t-shirt like ours, very, very Just cool. model it here. You cannot buy these t-shirts, um, that's it, yeah. Uh, with our ugly mugs on it. Uh, they are called uh, Grey Aliens, that is the classification, uh, but we want this particular chap to have his own individual name. Mm. Uh, so there we go. So yeah, email us in with that one uh, by the 25th of July. Uh, we did mention earlier that if we get two name, like two people come up with the same name and we, we like that name and that name wins, it will be whoever has emailed us first with that name that wins the T-shirt. So do get your ideas in as quick as possible. And also, you can enter as many times as you like, so come up with as many different names as you want. Uh, we'll be happy to, to see them all. So there we go. Uh, that's the competition. So shall we get into some of the nitty-gritty detail of this report then, Neil? Let's, let's do that, shall we? So the first thing I'm going to point out, right, it's on the cover page itself. I've highlighted it and made my notes, right? It says it is a preliminary assessment. Hmm. So it's not the actual report then. Oh, John to Goblin, it has been lovely to see you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this will be available, uh, obviously, on video on demand on Twitch for a couple of weeks. We'll be putting it on YouTube as well. Uh, and, of course, we'll be doing the, uh, the an audio version on our usual podcast stream. But thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, so preliminary assessment. So it's not the actual assessment anyway. That would explain why it's only nine pages, including the cover sheet. It does kind of hint that there's more to come, doesn't it? That yeah. This is just just what we're going. Just what we can. This is what we've had time to put together in in um, in, in six months. days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if that's all they can do in 180 days, they want sacking because I can mm. write a more lengthy report than that. Yeah. But so there where, where we do go. Um, I, I want to talk about the methodology they use because they they insist that they they standardised the method for reporting um, UFOs or UAPs in about two thousand and four. Which ah yes, now that's an interesting. I'm going to come on to that one. Um, hmm. Let's go, let's go through page by page. Um, okay. So, is there anything on page two that has jumped out at you? Um, only the sheer number of agencies who have been required to input into this. Uh, oh, yes, the... Um, 
Oh, no, it says who it's... Doing. Oh, yeah, from the USDA, the DIA, the FBI, the NRO, NGA, NSA, Air Force, Army, Navy, Navy ONI, DARPA, FAA. Yeah, so on and so on and so on and so on. There are quite mm-hmm. a lot of agencies. But to be fair, if it's going to be a substantive report, mm. not just a preliminary one, but a substantive report, um, then, yes, you would hope that they're going to get as much information from as many different places as possible. Uh, and and um, I assume, and, and this is from watching Holly, Hollywood movies, that uh, these, these <laughs> government agencies, and especially intelligence and security agencies, don't like cooperating with each other. So they might have standardised the method for reporting these phenomena, um, but uh, they, they won't be sharing it with each other. They, well, they, 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 they haven't really standardised, but like I say, we'll be coming on to that one. That's on page... Uh, because it, it doesn't say that all, all these all these agencies input into one standardized system for reporting. No. Well, they say they say they don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that. But like I say, that's that's page three. Um, oh. On page two, though, um, there's mm. two things. Well, three things actually that 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 strike me. First of all, they're saying that this is a report uh, and an intelligence assessment of the threat posed by unidentified aerial phenomenon Mm. so it's only only a report on the threat not a report on unidentified aerial phenomenon so but most of those agencies the army the navy the air force that's what they're concerned with how much of a threat does this pose to our our shores and to our operating capabilities but well let me put forward a hypothetical situation to you let's say the, the American government is in fact in constant contact with an alien civilization who are visiting, um, mm-hmm. that there, it is a friendly allied agreement, um, a sharing of information, a sharing of technology and all the rest of it, but it is secretive. They would not be considered a threat. Ergo, they would be left out of this report. Um. I suppose um, th- that would include the, that would depend on the nature of the cooperation, wouldn't it? If, it, if it's entirely, well, if, if we're in it, contact with with beings from another world, uh, but it's entirely on their terms because they can just switch us off any time they want, um, then yeah, there is a threat there. But, well, but they'll also be reading this document and saying, "Wait a minute, you think we're a threat, do you?" The, the well, the point I'm the point I'm making is that. My understanding, when the COVID bill was generated, they didn't ask for a report on the threat posed by UAPs. They asked for a comprehensive report on UAPs. Yes, but I think military agencies, anyone who's dealt with the MOD or Department of Defence, will know that they're, they're just... They will always come from that point of view of the, what's the threat. They have moved the goalposts, though. They've, they've interpreted what they've been asked for, which means it, it's a bullshit document. They, um, they've just no, interpreted it how they wanted to. That's their go-to perspective. That, that's how they will always view everything. You ask them about the weather, they're going to say, well, they'll, they'll talk about how, they're not going to say, talk about whether it's a nice day. If you ask the Air Force, they're going to talk about what, what effect it will have on their operational capabilities, I on the range of their bombers and, you know. There's a danger in making that that kind of narrow. Oh, it must be a threat. Mm. Okay, 
Um, well, there I, we go. I, I'm not seeing, I'm not getting as, it, it's not um, tickling my antenna the way it's tickling yours. Uh, it's what I okay. would expect from a, a military organisation. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but moving on then, it's also mm. to submit an intelligent, intelligence assessment of the progress of the Aerial Phenomena Task Force, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. So mm. there is already a task force dedicated to dealing with unidentified aerial phenomena mm. under the DDI. Yeah. Uh, DOD, sorry. Under the um, wasn't, 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 wasn't there an agency set up that was then disbanded and then, and then resurrected? There's been a number over the years, uh, Project Blue Book being one of the most famous mm. ones. Um, but because they, 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 they've standardised what they call the data set, um, the reporting incidents occurring from is, is only from November 2004 to 2021. Well, they, they, so nothing before that. They haven't standardised it. It's not... I mean, this report even says they haven't actually done it. Uh, they talk about it. Um, mm. But yeah, Majestic 12, as Tommy says, that's another one. Uh, Majestic 12 haven't been around for a long, long time, though. Yeah. Uh, mm. Oh. And no, I, I get, I get that um, Captain Quinn makes comment about you know ask the Air Force about weather, and they'll tell you mm. that you know how it affects air traffic and procedures, um, mm. and, and I get that. But this, my point, my point is that this the COVID bill clause just asked for a report about UAPs, didn't ask for specifically about threat analysis. Yeah. Threat analysis would form part of that, I agree, but there is a much, much wider scope there. That's my thinking. And yeah, I want to know there who the UAP task force are. How long have I mean, they been I mean, they, they would standard, they, they would standardise the data collection method or the, the data set they're collecting for the same reason that the health well, service no, will standardise well, its I, collection, the I, police, right, that everyone. Tell, but it's so that, it's so that you've, what, got, you've got standard on. data that you can <laughs> search. You... you, you but what it does on, let, on the one let, hand <laughs> no, let, let me let me just finish what I'm saying on, on the one if you standardize your data for one thing it's yeah, every incident has been reported in the same way it, it has the benefit of it, it makes sure that everything that you think might be relevant to such an event is recorded that it's, you're not just relying on the pilots or whoever has spotted it you're not just relying on their memory that there's something that they didn't think was relevant so they didn't mention it um, but on the other hand by standardizing it you might be um cutting out the post there, there might be extra stuff they wanted to include but there's nowhere in the form for it to go okay that's, um, that's what i'm yes that's, well, so, do, do, i know you're really focused on this standardized reporting thing so let's let's jump yeah. out to page and we'll come back to page two because there's more on that that i want to talk about um, okay. but yes they do talk so it says in the report that there's a limited amount of high quality reporting that it isn't mm. standardized um that you, as you rightly said uh, they talk about um yeah it was the it was the navy wasn't it that um that started standardizing in 2004 that the air force have sort of picked that up a little bit as well so therefore hmm. right this report this report is only focusing on reports 
from 2004 to 2021. Well, how bloody convenient is that? Because what that ignores is literally hundreds of years of reports. Mm. Uh, a question comes years. up here from, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, from Fomiga. Do they look at it oh, from a global Ty. perspective or from Thai? Do they look at it from a global perspective or just as a national one? Um, I, we can answer that. It is a national one because of the departments involved. Um, they are with national security. But, but for instance, if a, if a US Navy ship spotted something when they were in the South China Sea, that would. That, oh, yes, it would still be, they would still be reporting it. Yeah, uh, because it is the U.S. Navy that's reporting it. Mm. So yeah, it's yeah. national. Yeah, it could be international. It's, yeah, it could be an international report made nationally. Mm. And the CIA yeah. is international. In fact, um, they're not supposed to operate within the borders of uh, the United States. So yeah, if they're reporting on it. Of course, they're going to be reporting on. But it, yeah, I guess okay, national in the broadest sense that it's it's American agencies. It's not going to be uh, anything that's that's reported. I've just by. checked. The CIA are not amongst the agencies that have contributed to this report. Ah, right. That looks so like does a, not include the CIA. Um, but let's look at this, this standardised reporting then. So, mm. the first question I'm going to ask, they're saying there is no standardised reporting. Mm. All right. So, what the hell have Project Blue Book been doing? in all this time? What the hell were Majestic 12 doing in all this time? What's this UAP task force? What mm. have they been doing if they've not generated any standardised reporting? Um, they talk about the limited amount of reports. Limited? You had mm. Lieutenant Ryan Graves, sorry, Lieutenant Ryan Graves, talking mm. on TV on 60 Minutes not weeks ago talking about a UAP every single day over a period of years. <laughs> and they're talking about a limited amount of reports. In fact, they mention only a uh, hundred odd, just over a hundred reports. What's happened to all the rest of them then? They talk about no high quality reporting. What, do pilots not count as high quality reporters then? Do police not count as high quality reporters? What would count mm. as high quality? Sorry, I'm getting quite... Mm. <laughs> quite passionate about this yeah. but they say the limited amount of high quality reporting on UAPs hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions what do they want you've got pilots reporting daily you've got police reporting on a very regular basis so what are they at? they're bull I mean they're talking bullshit in this report absolute bullshit well maybe um, maybe the, the, someone will leak something so yes they're, they're, they're claiming they haven't recorded the data, um, so they don't have to report it. And that, that has been shown to have happened under freedom of information requests as well, that you ask for a certain amount of information or a certain, on, on a certain subject, and the response is, oh, sorry, we don't have any data on that, we, we don't collect data, and actually um, that's not true. Um, yes, and Ty makes an excellent comment there. The uh, the pilot who chased the Tic Tac UFO mm. that we 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 watched and uh, talked about in one of our episodes. Um, yeah, and Captain Quinn talks about the astronauts who have reported UAPs. What would mm. count as high quality to these people, really? Well, they say we were able to identify one reported UAP with high confidence. 
In that case, we identified the object as a large deflating balloon. So um, what's their definition of with high confidence that they could actually work out what it was and dismiss it as, as terrestrial in origin? Well, I mean, you, you're Is saying that, that there, there, there's a number of what I'm, what I'm considering smoking gun paragraphs in hmm. this report. Uh, and one of them is right here on page three, um, straight under where they've talked about. Um, we're only going to look at reports from 2004 to 2021 because that suits us better. Um, mm. It says, and I'll read the, the, the paragraph out in full. Most of the UAP reported probably do represent, probably do represent physical objects given that a majority of UAP were registered across multiple sensors to include radar, infrared, electro-optical, weapon seekers and visual operation. So you're not talking about, you know, oh, a, a flare from, you know, Venus or hmm. any crap like that. A light They're in, a light that in the, the sky. The majority, most of the UAP reported, most hmm. are physical objects. Wow, that's that's quite damning in of itself um i'm going to go back to page two now <laughs> i'm determined to get this out um right they say um there's an assumption um, that various forms of sensors that register uap generally operate correctly and capture enough real data to allow initial assessments. What do they mean by real data as opposed to what sort of data? Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to ask them that, I guess. That that strikes me really strongly that they're giving themselves a clause to just arbitrarily say, yeah, we don't consider that real data. Well, I, I suppose it's, it's real data if they've got a recording of it on their radar. That's that's real data. If it's just someone saw something, and uh, and they've got, you know, it wasn't seen on. If, if it's been picked up by a sensor and recorded, then say, yeah, that's that's real data. Oh, we can say this thing was seen right. here, and 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 it moved to there. Whereas if it's okay. if they don't have that info, if 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 they've only got an, an eyewitness account, then um, I don't know. <laughs> so, so if I've seen a stealth bomber, but it's not shown up on radar or it's not been recorded on radar, I haven't really seen it. Is that what we're saying? Um, that's what they'll tell you. Yes, yes, nothing. Yeah. To see okay, so that's, a, so, so that's a bullshit statement. So all they have to do is lose the records, and it doesn't exist anymore. Convenient. Yeah. Very convenient. Um, there is another bit on page three. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. They, yeah, th so they said that this unique tailored reporting process was required to s provide sufficient data. Um, mm. As you say, this standardized process. I'm going to come back on that. And I agree with you, Ben, it is such bullshit. Um, but so this, this standardized tailored reporting process the trouble is we are talking about phenomena or objects that a are not standardized of themselves they they meet and appear in so many different there's so many different kinds of ufos or uaps out there 
from mm. orbs and plasma balls through to physical craft. How can you have a standardised reporting procedure for something that is not standardised? Um, well, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what this... I mean, but a, a standardised report is going to have date, time, duration, um, location... Are you saying you're not getting that already from all these pilots and police officers? Yeah, but that, that's what I mean. That, that, yeah, but that, uh, that's what I mean is that it, at a mundane level, a mundane, a mundane administrative level, they're making sure they're ticking all the boxes about what was seen and where and what it looked like and how big and how fast. And I, I assume. Is it that, oh, on this report they've put the time before the date and they should really be yeah. putting the date first? It probably, you know, yeah. So therefore, therefore, let's dismiss this report that, like, you know, would give evidence. Uh, as, as you say, there, there are so many different kinds of aerial phenomena that um, by standardising it, they could limit someone's ability to actually report what they saw because there isn't a box there for this thing, this extra information they want to add. Or if there is, it'll just be any other comments and it won't be searchable. Yes. There's that. There's that. Uh, we're getting some really interesting comments in the, in, in the chat, by the way. Um, so, uh, Paul makes it makes good, you know, that, that a, a witness statement would be hearsay. I get that. And Captain mm. Quinn has said that's one eyewitness, but how many people would have to make it real data? And when you do have um, eyewitness uh, accounts from literally hundreds of people in some cases, uh, I'm thinking, you know, the Phoenix Lights as an example. Um, there's the, uh, the interstate one that we did recently um literally hundreds of people including lots of police officers but but all you're getting is a visual sighting you know quite often these things mm. don't show up on radar when it's there and obvious and, and being seen by a lot of people um there's there's that um yeah it's it's hard to say mm. yes um so, uh, on page three, then, coming back on this, uh, it does say that there are a number that are not natural atmospheric phenomenon. They're not airborne hmm. clutter, and I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Airborne clutter. Debris? Yeah, well, airborne clutter, um, on page five, it says these, in, these objects include birds, balloons, recreational unmanned aerial vehicles or airborne debris like plastic bags that muddle a scene okay. and affect an operator's ability to identify true targets such as enemy aircraft. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, there are a number that are not airborne clutter, they're not natural atmospheric phenomena, they're not mm. US um, items, they're not foreign adversary items systems mm. they call them um so if it's not natural it's not clutter it's not of u.s origin and it's not of a foreign nation origin and there are some that fall in this catch-all mm. other bin as it calls it what else could it be 
Mm. I mean, that I find a bit of a smoking gun. Uh, they also go on to say on page three uh, that uh, UAP clearly pose a safety of flight issue and may pose a challenge to US national security. Now that strikes me really strongly of someone gearing up to, to have a common enemy. Rather like Farage did in this country before Brexit. Oh look, you've got a common enemy. These people are coming over, taking your jobs. Um, now it's going to be, oh, well, these, these aliens, they're coming over here and, you know, causing near misses. It's a threat to national security. Oh, well, they're always going to say that. I mean, there, there was, um, there was a, a, a Guardian, a report in The Guardian about, about this report, and it was saying that, um, you know, that the Pentagon have, have spent an awful lot of money on things that, um, that haven't really... That haven't really <laughs> given any benefit I'm just just going to find where what it um where it said it but you know huge amounts of money on test was it the f-35 aircraft billions on that trillions on um trillions on the war in afghanistan which they're, they're now just returning home from and the taliban appear to be taking over um they need to justify a new budget they need to the Pentagon is always going to be coming up. They will always come up with a threat aspect. But a threat could also be, um, at a much more mundane level, someone flying a drone near an airport. That's a threat. You know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a weapon, but it's something that could, could, cause, um, could, cause, could cause people to die. Yeah. It's an unauthorised aircraft. Well, that's fair enough, but... We know that the language you use with the public, with the general public, is mm. vitally important. And looking into the language that's used by these people when they make these statements, by politicians in particular, usually betrays their true intentions. Well, we, we have a, a, a political economic system that pretty much requires an enemy for our governments to justify their existence. If there was no perceived threat, if they they, they 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 can't they can only get away with what they get away with because they they will claim well they they're protecting us in some way, and, and that's that's I mean uh, on your recommendation I watched Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, where um a, a chap called Simon Greer who's got a bit of a a bee in his bonnet to say the least, um is determined that um the U.S. government is you know, if if we need to form a world government. You know, a single a single world government we need to have an external enemy and um he he believes that yeah the the, the, the we, we we've been programmed for years to see these see ufos as as dangerous as a, as a threat mm -hmm. um how many horror how many sci-fi films are there where the aliens invade and, and wipe us all out um mm -hmm. i i don't think that is part of any centralized program what i think that is is that you know once once they once makers of horror films in Hollywood and Britain and elsewhere had kind of run out of all the various options for Dracula and Frankenstein, or whatever, they said we need a new monster, and and suddenly in in 1947 you got the the Roswell incident. 
oh, flying saucers, they came from outer space. Let's let's make aliens the new the new monsters. Yeah. I, I yep. think it was I don't think there was a concerted program to say, no, we need to get the public ready for the idea that if anyone comes from another planet, they're they're a, they're to be they they've come to destroy us and we need to be ready to fight. Well, you only need to look at the fact that at the height of the Cold War between America and Russia, you've got uh, Gorbachev and and Reagan, and they agreed. Hmm. I mean, it's in a it's in a signed agreement that if the planet is threatened by aliens, they will set aside their differences and work together. That's in an actual signed document between the two of them. So mm. yeah, yeah. This this boogeyman, this this must have an enemy to to, to fight against. It's definitely a political um, strategy. Now I'm conscious we're running way over time at the yeah. moment. Uh, so um, any anything else to like st- skipping ahead? through the rest of the document. Um, anything I, I else? I think we might have to do this again. <laughs> yeah. hmm. um, probably, but... Um, well, I'm, I'm going to draw your attention to a statement um, on page five, mm-hmm. where it says... A handful of UAP appear to demonstrate advanced technology. In 18 incidents described in 21 reports, observers reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics. Mm. And it goes on to talk about them uh, remaining stationary in winds, moving against the winds, maneuvering abruptly, or moving at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. So, I, I find it impossible to believe that given the level of spying that goes on across different countries, uh, given the surveillance that happens, especially now we've got satellite surveillance going on all over the place, that a single country can be so far technologically advanced as to to be hundreds of years beyond anything that the US have got, anything that, that China claims to have. I, 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 you know, I mean, what is it, Wakanda? I mean, is that what we're talking about here? Because I just find that really, I, I just find it impossible to accept. Sorry, I've just got to close my door. It's suddenly getting noisy here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still recording. That's okay. Um, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's... So, 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 so this this concept that a country is hundreds of years in advance of us technologically, I, well, I don't I think, accept it. I, I think I don't think many people would would argue. <laughs> against the idea that the United States is probably the most technologically advanced country in the world. They wouldn't expect the Russians or the China. I mean, they, they've, they've come up with some tricks before, but they, they've, they're not expected to produce technology that is the next generation that, that makes American defences redundant. 
Okay. But it's always um, been the other way around. This report says specifically that there are UAPs out there that are way hmm. technologically more advanced than anything that the US has got. Hmm. It's, it's here. It's in this report. So if yeah. that's not extraterrestrial or or the, the phrase that we like to say um, otherworldly, hmm. if it's not that, then what is it? And uh, Joe, on that note, it's probably a good time for us to do our summary. And thank you for joining us, Ben. Uh, it's been absolutely amazing. And do come back and, and watch the video on demand for our summary. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, definitely, hopefully, do more live streams in the future. But we'll be talking about that later on. Um, so let's 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 summarise. How we feel about this? I mean, it literally came out yesterday. It is only nine pages, mm. fortunately. Uh, so we have had a chance to sort of have a, a good look through on it. Mm. Uh, what do you think, Neil? Is it is it um, a total smoking gun? Uh, as you say, there are those things, <laughs> little things tucked in there. Oh yes, we have seen some UAPs that we can't explain. And, and that that seems to be mainly the focus on it. That a lot of this stuff, it's not us. We're saying it's not it's not our advanced technology. Um, it's not someone else. Terrestrial. It's not a, it's not a rival, uh, a military rival that has somehow developed technology that 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 outclasses ours. And um, I lost my thread a bit. Um, yeah, it, it, it's neither of those those two things. Um, but yeah, we have seen some things in the sky that we're going to talk about all the clutter in the sky, balloons and plastic bags and bits of debris and, and, and radio controlled aircraft. But yeah, they're, 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 they're one of these few things. We it's saw weather we balloons. Just, yeah. Weather balloons. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Or party balloons. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, 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 they just make some mention. Oh yeah. They're, they're these craft that we can't explain. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's it's kind of tucked in there, isn't it? I think um, as as we, as we discussed, you know, a lot of the departments are just concerned about the threat from a potential terrestrial rival. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, but I think it's it, it's done in quite an insidious way. So I know that like to, to our regular listeners um, will we'll know that uh, a theory that I keep coming back to time and time again is that we as a society, as a culture, are being prepared for contact with extraterrestrial beings. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that for me this report is a further step along that path because let's face it 20 years ago the whole ufo thing um and i know because i've, I've been there i've had the piss taken out of me a lot um mm. over the years um you know it was treated as a joke and um you had you know governments and and armed forces and all the rest, you know, treat the whole thing as if it was one, one big, big joke. Now, here we are, 
years later, where it's being taken seriously by scientists, by governments. They're not admitting, oh yes, aliens are here, but you've had this this ramped increase in acceptance that there is definitely something going on, mm. and it's just heading so much in that direction that, you know, one day they're going to say, and here's the aliens. It, we're, we're just... It's we're so on a trajectory and a rapid one, a very rapid one towards. No, I'm that. not so sure. Um, Ty says, yeah, they've deployed plenty of weather balloons, and I can tell you they look nothing like UFOs. That <laughs> a pilot seeing a weather balloon would know. Sooner, oh yeah, that's a weather balloon. It might not be where it's supposed to be, but it's it's a weather. Yeah. I know what a weather balloon looks like. But when you um, go and look at, at Roswell, and of course the the. Air Force themselves reported a crashed UFO, and the next day, oh no, it was a weather balloon. Well, yeah. I'm going to go. So all, it must all, be easy to misinterpret. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go all lefty, and, and I don't think it's the powers that be who, who are preparing us for for an encounter with extraterrestrials. Um, they say that you know we we can't tell people about the existence of of UFOs and ETs visiting our planet from other worlds because there would be mass panic. I think the only people who would panic well would would you panic? Would you panic if you're suddenly told we've been visited from other worlds? The people who oh, would I'd panic, shit, I'd shit are, myself. Are the, are the small numbers <laughs> of people who are running the planet right now who is suddenly going to be told you're redundant, we're taking over. The, you know the 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 gravy train has reached the buffers. I think they're the ones who. I, I have to say, and, and this might surprise some of our <laughs> regular listeners, I find the whole idea of UFOs and an extra treasure mm. absolutely terrifying. Yeah, but as Ty says, I wouldn't panic. What, what would you do? Someone, you're sat here and someone says, we've been visited by extraterrestrials. What are you going to, are you going to run into the street screaming and, and keep screaming for, uh, <laughs> just keep doing that? Or what? You might have a, you might think, oh shit, yeah, I'm terrified. Um, and then you think, well, actually, what does this mean? People well, panic. That's... Panic is a, is a short-term reaction to something immediate. If you just, you know, it's, you don't panic. Well, this this plays into actually my, my my theory because if fifty years ago you'd suddenly announced, oh yes, aliens are real and they're coming and, and abducting people, and there's not a thing you can do about it. Um, hmm. Yes, you would have had mass panic. If it was to happen today. I think you'd still have some panic, but nowhere near as much as you would have done 50 years ago. Nowhere no, near as much. I, I, I don't, and I don't get this whole thing. I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah, what, what I'm having trouble understanding is what mass panic looks like in the long term. You, you, just because people have been told... That, I, can, I can understand people fleeing a city because it's being bombed. Yeah, that would be a panic. But if you just told something... You know, okay, what, I, I what can form tell you what that panic, panic would look like in this instance. Storming of government buildings, uh, riots, looting, um, you'd have mass suicides, all things like mm. that. I think they would still happen today, but not perhaps to the same extent as they would have done some years ago. Mm. But that's a... That's a whole other topic. Do you know what? Yeah. I'd like us to do an episode on a, a kind of a what if, you know, a, a hypothetical scenario if 
aliens uh, were to, to land tomorrow, how would we react mm. as a society? I think that'd be a, a, mm. a good episode for us to do down the road. Yeah. Uh, Captain Quinn, I'm right with Captain Quinn. Uh, grab his towel because he's a hoopy mm. food who knows where his towel is. Uh, one for the Hitchhikers fans there, um, of which I am one. Uh, yeah, Ty says, mass panic equals no toilet roll. It's very, mm. very true. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, buy, you, you, go, you panic by. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and Paul makes a very valid point that humans have a condition where we see what we want to see. Mm. It's absolutely true. We interpret it that way. Do you know what? If, if aliens were to land tomorrow uh, on the White House lawn, somebody somewhere would claim it was fake. Oh, yeah. I think that's my job on this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but there we are. So, as we as we always say on this show, you know, do let us know what you think. Obviously, we've got people letting us know in the chat what they think, uh, and that's absolutely great and, and loving reading all that. Uh, but, of course, people of the future listening to this or watching this, down the road you can get on our twitter or facebook page by searching aliens explored and uh, and let us know there shall we remind everyone about our competition again before we give our very very exciting news neil yes let's do that uh, so our competition, if you missed it earlier, uh, is all to do with the amazing artwork from Simon Brumat uh, that he did for our podcast, uh, and specifically about the grey alien standing sort of between and behind us. There we get a better look at him just over there. He needs a name. We have never given him a name to this date. So if you email us at aliensexplored at gmail.com by the 25th of July uh, this year, 2021, just in case you're listening to this down the road, um, and give us your best name for... I keep calling him him. Um, that's them. Because mm. we don't know. Them. We don't know it's if to genders say apply it. to grey aliens. Uh, them. We don't. I think that them is a... <laughs> mm. uh, them and they. So, yeah, let's have your best name for them. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, and the best answer that we get gets to win a T-shirt like Neil and I are posing in today. So, uh, Just, do... No, that won't yeah, sound too far. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. With our ugly mugs and, and the grey alien on. Uh, that you hmm. will have named. So there we go. Um, shall we give out our very, very exciting news, Neil? Let's, let's do that, yeah. So... Uh, are you going to... Yeah. No, no <laughs> well, do you want to tell everyone, or...? Uh, is this about that? our next episode? No. Um, so, <laughs> we've been keeping this secret for so long now. Neil's still trying to keep it secret. Yes, uh, um, we've been we've been. You talking. can trust me with your secrets because I'll just forget. <laughs> well, we've been talking for a little while about doing something a bit bigger than just this podcast, and uh, we've actually started talks uh, with a a filmmaker um, and. We are going to be doing a documentary 
off the back of this podcast, aren't we, Neil? Oh, we are, yeah. We, yeah. we, we <laughs> let's see, if we, Sorry, let's see how much like money we can get. Dozed off there. <laughs> <laughs> it's less no, exciting to us because we already know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're going to be doing a podcast specifically on my favourite topic, crop circles. Uh, so I'm going to be proving to Neil that they are not man-made. Well, obviously some are man-made, but there are plenty of non-man-made ones out there, aren't there, Neil? Um, are you going to prove it? Or, I mean, is my role in the does my script just say, "Oh, Neil mutters <laughs> a bottle of bollocks," and <laughs> Neil refuses to leave the pub because it's raining? Well, we'll have to see how you react to um, to what evidence I can I can put forward to you. Uh, as we go through uh, plank and bits of rope well I mean that is how the man-made ones are done absolutely uh, however there are many that are not man-made uh, there are attributes to what I term genuine ones um, that cannot be recreated by people but, uh, but you'll have to uh, either listen to one of our our previous podcasts um, about crop circles for that, or because we've done two now, haven't we, Neil? Yes, we have. Yeah, uh, we did we an have. early one and then a, uh, an update. Um, or, of course, watch the documentary when it's. Out. I mean, it won't be out for some time. We're just in early discussions. Mm. Aren't we, Neil? Aren't we? Yeah, we're looking next year. Earliest. We are. We are. These things take time. Uh, These things. Take they. Time. Do, but we will be keeping you updated as we go through the podcast. Uh, so there we go. Uh, well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. Me too, and absolutely. It's, been, it's, 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 it's our, been, it's our first, first outing, really, isn't it? And it's, been, it's been great fun. It is. It, it's and uh, with wonderful podcast. responses. I've really enjoyed, I really enjoyed interacting with her. Uh, with, uh, it's, yeah, crowd. absolutely. Our, I, I, pos, do we call them our posse, or is that a Radio <laughs> One thing? That's a, definitely a, <laughs> our our explorers. There our you explorers. go. Our uh, explorers. That's a that's a good name for our listeners, I think. Our explorers. Yeah. Our explorers. Uh, our fellow really explorers. Really fantastic. Um, but no, it's not not a new podcast. It's just a it's kind of a one off documentary that we're planning on doing. If that's successful, then we might do more documentaries. On the back of that, um, but we'll, we'll have to. Oh, we'll be one step at a time. Time. <laughs> if, it's, if it's successful, yeah, let's, one step at a time. One step at a time. Absolutely. But this has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Um, it's, this has been just so much fun. Um, don't forget to, to. I think we need to do it again sometime. We will. Now, um, actually, in terms of live show, uh, we were thinking we might do our one-year anniversary special, which is not that far away. Uh, when is our one-year anniversary special? It's a few weeks from now, isn't it? That's, um... Um, 30th. 30th of July. Uh, yeah, we might do that as a live special. We will have to mm. see a bit nearer the time. Um, oh, Ty, oh, Ty thinks our, our episodes aren't long enough. Um, we, we could make them <laughs> long with us. There's, the, there's the, the tendency to get distracted and to go off topic. But uh, 
<laughs> Indeed. Um, mm. Yeah, and actually, research shows that half-hour episodes are kind of the ideal length. Um, so that's mm. what we aim for. We don't want to get boring uh, and drawn mm. on too much. Um, so, on that note, uh, do join us next week when we'll be obviously returning to our normal format with weekly podcasts, our next one out on Friday coming, uh, when we're going to be talking about a very controversial figure in ufology, aren't we, Neil? Controversial indeed, yes. Um, yes Stan so Romanek. That's the man. Uh, so we will be chatting about him. Don't Controversial and complex, one. yeah. I think that's very fair to say. Very fair indeed. Uh, so, yeah. So thank you all for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. In the meantime, keep watching these brilliant Twitch streams and this guy's. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm going to go and take Captain Quinn's 78, Captain Quinn's 78's advice. Uh, not the advice about getting a plank and uh, some some bits of rope. Uh, the advice about drinking five pints of bitter and eating some nuts. Which would be my <laughs> practicing for panicking for when 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 they come and, and thank you, thank you, uh, Teapotty Fox for uh, <laughs> commenting on my being into the core. Thank you very much. <laughs> very, very nice. Been lovely talking to you all. Fantastic. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com. <laughs>